the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome back. As we head into Hour 3, we do so as we do every Tuesday with our dear friend Hugh Hallman. Hugh is the former mayor of Tempe. He is an educator. He is an attorney. He is a civic activist. He is so many, great many things. Um, We are going to dedicate uh, Tuesday third hours to uh, calling the show The Universe because it's always interesting to see what is going on in the universe of Hugh Holman. Hugh, what is going on? What is on your mind today? What ails you? As uh, a friend of my parents used to ask me whenever they came to visit, what ails you? What ails me, I think, is what is ailing the country and the world. So for the arc of today's hour, uh, so folks can prepare themselves to listen in closely on the detail so that they can use it in the upcoming general election. Uh, Elections have consequences, and we now uh, clearly understand the consequences from the 2020 presidential election, having uh, a a fellow who uh, is standing in front of a made-up set for the White House so he can get vaccinated and other kinds of pretenses where the White House is now a large stage set for somebody who appears to be enfeebled, uh, for a vice president who can't find her voice and so is receiving excuses from across the left corporate media uh, for why uh, this uh, number one and number two are such a failure. And today I wanted to dedicate to the claims that President Biden is making, made last week specifically, that the wreck that is now the U.S. and world economy uh, are not his fault. It's somehow the responsibility should be laying at others' feet. And so today's sort of arc of what I think we ought to hit on are the detailed pieces of how we ended up in very short order from one of the longest expansions and economic miracles uh, that has been seen in uh, modern times being so destroyed by people who are feckless, who have little... Uh, embarrassment at the policy choices they made, believing that somehow they would be uh, able to rise above the carnage that they've created. Example, uh, the withdrawal from Afghanistan. And that that has now destroyed the, uh, the juggernaut of the U.S. and world economy that is dragged along by it. And so today I really want to talk about massive overspending, the various attempts to, uh, in a specific sector, uh, the wreckage that is oil and gas, uh, how Russia and Taiwan have played into all of that, and their now attempt, as you often have been describing in the last uh, many months, to redefine the language so that the uh, responsibility can be visited on somebody else. And the most specific example of redefining the language is now in the most obvious example, trying to pretend that what historically and traditionally has been deemed a recession no longer should be applied to the economy as being steered by uh, Joe Biden, 
with the failures that he wants to blame on the Fed in trying to respond to the mess that's been created. So how's that for setting the table? Yeah, no, it's good. It's the redefinition of language. It's the uh, it's the shirking of responsibility and it's the lack of shame. It sounds almost like a template for this um, this uh, this presidency. And I'll let you start wherever you want. Um, but it is worth pointing out and remembering in a society that has a very short term memory that we started 2017 and ended 2020 with, of course, the novel coronavirus that rent and wrecked everything in its view from the economy to our mental health and other things. But we also maintained, as you say, against that huge threat. A tremendously growing economy that recovered pretty well. And we also had relative peace with some of our greatest of opponents, if not enemies, whether it was China, whether it was North Korea, whether it was Russia. And every wheel off every cart has fallen off. And I say fallen off using the passive voice, knowing that that's not exactly correct. As Montesquieu reminds, if there is a specific problem, there is always a general cause. There is a general cause. The general cause is everything you just said. And if you want to start with the economy, we can start there. But feel free to take it to Nancy Pelosi's trip, China, Russia, Ukraine, you name it. It's a year ago this month that we withdrew from Afghanistan when Joe Biden assured us there was no al-Qaeda anymore in Afghanistan. Can I just give you one sentence from the New York Times today? The New York Times, quote, in 2021, nearly 20 years after the United States invaded Afghanistan to drive al-Qaeda out, the Taliban retook control of the country and gave its ally, al-Qaeda, safe haven. Al-Zawahari duly returned. It was predictable. It was foreseeable. We were lied to about it. And here we are. Well, worse than that, I would say let's let's this whole hour, I think, is really focused on the economy and the devastation wrought to it by these kinds of things. So uh, I would start with the complete mismanagement of the economy in misunderstanding from the moment these people ran for office that they were going to spend even more money than has already been spent. During a period of time, we had this, quote, novel, unquote, virus. It was novel for about 90 days. Then we had a pretty good idea of what was going on. And yet the bleeding from the left continued to push to force down uh, lockdowns, force those down our throats. And all of the blue states locked down unmercifully. Red states under significant pressure pushed back, but were then the targets of the New York Times and the corporate media. So you, the, the attacks were on red states governed by red governors, Florida, Texas, Arizona, and others criticized unmercifully for not following the blue states and specifically California and New York, that those were the models. And even in that terrible Band beating where the drum continued to try to shut down an economy as the election was moving forward in the name of protecting people from this virus with the real objective to destroy the economy such that Donald Trump could not be reelected. It would be his fault for failing to stop a virus and the economic ruin that resulted. And yet Donald Trump and his administration poured billions of dollars very quickly into a fantastically unique 
uh, program to incentivize the creation of vaccines earlier than the Democrats ever thought possible. Uh, Mr. Fauci was talking about the fact that a vaccine could not be created. We had uh, Kamala Harris, then a vice presidential candidate, saying she would never take a vaccine that was invented under Donald Trump's watch. Remember that, folks. These were people who were trying to use the virus and what dangers it posed to us for complete political ends and worked to destroy the economy in that vein. And even in that, they were not particularly successful because here we have a Trump administration who ends up pushing forward the concept of incentivizing the private market to invent, not get the federal government to do this, but get the private sector to come up with different solutions. And very quickly, we ended up with three different vaccines that were relatively effective, not perfect. We talked about that on this show. Anybody who thought they were perfect, like the president of the United States, uh, Joe Biden, boobfully said that uh, if you got this vaccine you would, and nothing would ever happen to you again. Why did he change his tune? Why did Kamala then roll up her sleeve? Because now they had won the election and had to stop the devastation to the economy because they might be blamed for it. So here we are rolling along during 2021. They've been elected, and now they're trying to explain that the vaccine is a great solution, notwithstanding the fact that it was put together by an incentive program created by the Trump administration. They forgot to mention that and have failed to mention that all along. Yet they could not quite get the traction necessary to keep the economy ticking along as it had. As we were coming out of this pandemic, and I say that while the the left media keeps beating about the fact that we've still got new verges and variants and all the good stuff, here we had an ec- economy that started picking up right where it had left off after the shutdowns in the blue states. And if you want to look at the data to understand the difference in approaches, compare blue state performance to red state performance. Red state uh, performance was several orders of magnitude greater. Uh, economic performance in the positive range, 4, 5, 6% growth range, while re- uh, blue states were n- negative. So notwithstanding the fact that the blue states were shutting down and killing off their own economies and bleeding about that and demanding federal government aid to help them, rather like airlines that lose lots of money, and the only airline that hadn't for a long time was Southwest Airlines, refused to take federal money. Same kind of program. You've got the blue states demanding money because they could get that tax money coming out of red states, which are donor states, to the federal government. New York, California are recipient states, while red states tend to be donor states. All of that sets the stage for the need to fix the economy and blame somebody else. And now we need to talk about, over the rest of this hour, how Joe Biden's blame game is absolutely a false narrative. We'll do that when we come right back. Thanks for the outline. And uh, for those listening on podcasts, we're going out with little Frank Sinatra in honor of the universe that we exist in. I'm Seth Leibson. He's Hugh Hallman. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Leibson Show. If you're looking for a remarkable investment opportunity with a great return for investors, I want you to check out my friends at Y Refi. What they are offering is a fixed no-load interest rate up to 10.25% return for investors, all in a collateralized and secure portfolio. Y Refi is a due diligence approved firm run by really great people where the investors do really well by doing good for others, and you can too. If this interests you, check them out at, at Invest Y Refi. That's the word invest, the letter Y, R E F Y dot com, or give them a call at 855 316 
3087. 855-316-3087. Hugh Hallman is our guest, and we're talking now a little bit about the economy and responsibility. Hugh. So to quote Bill Clinton and his team, it's the economy, stupid. Now, that idea is not lost on the Biden administration's uh, uh, campaigners. They recognize that uh, the devastated economy is the greatest soft spot that Joe Biden has, that it is built on a series of other bad policy decisions are important for us to know. But let's think about his comments in the first six months of his administration. While trying to take credit for the return of the economy after their great work in the end of 2020 to destroy Donald Trump's administration and the economy in one fell swoop. They then had to reverse course to try to get us all back to building, and they want to call it building back better. Well, of course, in those efforts, Joe Biden, uh, in his July 19th, 2021 speech, six months into his administration, said, and I quote, the fastest growth, I'm told at this point in any administration's history, period, unquote, is attributed to him. Quote, we also know that as our economy has come roaring back, we've seen some price increases. Some folks have raised worries that this could be a sign of persistent inflation. But that is not our view. Our experts believe and the data shows that the most that most of the price increases we have seen uh, are expected to be temporary, unquote. So Mr. Temporary, ultimately he called it transitory inflation, wanted to continue pouring gasoline onto a fire that was our economy. We had, notwithstanding the terrible uh, economic performance in blue states, had red states that were continuing to grow. And even in that, the data then is mixed because you've got the red states and blue states mixed together for a national view. And that was primarily the basis on which uh, the Biden administration was talking about the fact that the economy was failing under Donald Trump. So as the red states pulled this country back out of that uh, downturn and blue states got back to it in large part because uh, California was tired of losing businesses to Texas, Florida and Arizona, among others, and as was New York to to the same red states. This transitory inflation nonsense uh, is demonstrated by the fact that here we sit now in 2022. And as of July of this year, we've had 13 straight months of inflation concurrent with a reduction in economic growth. And traditionally, we call two uh, quarters of, and this is a stupid, silly concept, negative growth. That is a reduction or shrinking of our economy, negative growth. It's like a positive expense, I suppose. Uh, but in any way, we have this negative growth, and we hit that. The last two quarters, we've had negative growth. And I have never seen the corporate media move so quickly to bury the lead. They have been arguing that, oh, no, 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 it's it's pay no attention to the data that we've always used. Had this been the Trump administration, the Reagan administration? The walls would be closing in on this Oh, my goodness. Yes. It would be it would entirely be the president's fault. And we would be talking only about the fact that we've had two quarters of the economy shrinking. And none of the, le uh, the the leftist excuses. Oh, but but we still have a good uh, good growth in our employment rates. Of course, they like to forget. They ignore the fact that we've had a reduction in participation rates. That is to say, that a lot of the younger generation, but even older folks, have said, "I'm done. Millions, I'm tired of millions, this. millions left." 
Early retirement. And so it's a lot easier to talk about the growth in uh, unemployment or growth in employment and reduction in unemployment when the base has shrunk so severely because those people who exited the economy, exited their uh, search for uh, jobs are no longer counted of those people who are unemployed. They're just out. And so we can hide the fact that uh, un- employment actually isn't as good as they'd like to say it is because so many people are sitting at, at home on the couch uh, eating bonbons and watching Oprah. And uh, uh, the younger people are playing their video games. And it's a tragedy for the development of skills. Education. Part of what they've done to this economy is reverse decades of work to create a work ethic in our society because our society has succeeded not because we're necessarily the smartest people in the world, not because we do best on all the test scores, but because we have outworked every other society on the planet. If you look at our uh, weekly work rates, you see the U.S. is several hours ahead of all of Western Europe and almost all the rest of the world. We have always worked harder as well as smarter than all other places. And now with this exit from the job, the great resignation from the job pool, you have a reduction in workforce participation that is devastating to this economy. So now you have the worst combination possible. The last time we saw this was stagflation under Jimmy Carter. We had employment still heated, so we had pressure on wages and inflation with a reduction in total economic growth. That's the worst of all possible worlds. But wait, Joe Biden says it's not his fault. Inflation was transitory. Well, maybe it wasn't. But the reason the economy is in the tank is because the Fed has taken steps to stop this juggernaut of inflation, which is now the worst it has been in 41 years. 41 years we are hearkening back to the brilliant days of Jimmy Carter. Whip inflation now. Let's all put on our buttons and pretend that that makes a difference. That's how devastating this entire economy is and the destruction that has been wrought by this team of clowns in Washington, D.C. Their policies have done the worst things they possibly could, added billions of dollars, trillions of dollars to our economy when it didn't need it, on top of the $6 trillion that were added during COVID to combat COVID. Recall, ladies and gentlemen, we've talked about this before. That $6 trillion that was spent to stop COVID was more than the entire amount of money the U.S. spent in its entire efforts in World War II, including the rebuilding. That's how big a treasury we have spent on ourselves to combat COVID. And then it turns out, if we'd only known then what we know now, says Mr. Fauci, but he gets it wrong. He gets it backward. He'd have done even more devastating things. He'd have shut us down like China. We can see the great work that's resulted there. Their economy's in tatters, and we're now worried about the Chinese. We should be. It's not because of their economic juggernaut. It's because they're terrorists that are going to threaten us with invading Taiwan and other disasters. Because when you, when you cage a bear like that, or in this case the dragon, you back that dragon into a corner, they're going to start spitting fire in uncontrolled ways. Interesting use of that word fire on this. I want to come back on that, Hugh Hallman, and I also want to take the break to contemplate a public office we can create so that you can run for. My gosh, that was fantastic. I'm Seth Liebson. He's Hugh Hallman. For anyone who missed that, um, it will be up on our website, 960thepatriot.com, in just a little bit of time. That's one for the ages. Well done, sir. We'll be right back.
Welcome back to the Seth Leibson Show. I am Seth. He is Hugh Hallman, former mayor of Tempe, attorney, educator. You just ended uh, the last segment saying a word or two about uh, China. Uh, obviously much in the news today, as it has been for the past couple of days. And you mentioned the uh, the breathing of the dragon, the fire breathing of the dragon. We need a St. George. I don't know where it's coming from, but I will tell you this. The fascination they seem to have with fire imagery isn't lost on me. Last week, the chairman of the Communist Party of China, the president, Jinping, had a conference, had a, have a, te- had a telephone call with Joe Biden over our Speaker of the House's plan- then-planned trip to Taiwan. And after the phone call, he said, quote, those who play with fire will perish by it. Today, the foreign ministry of China put out a statement noting Nancy Pelosi's um, uh, landing in Taiwan, and it said, quote, these moves, like playing with fire, are extremely dangerous. They seem to have a pyromania ethos over in China right now. But I'm curious as to as to your thoughts. I've, I've been discussing it with friends uh, the last few days. Some mixed feelings about Nancy Pelosi's trip to Taiwan. I'll, I'll go on the record and say uh, I'm for it. I don't think China gets the right to tell any American where they should travel. Uh, although I do understand, I have to tell you, and curious where you come down on this, the notion that the, it is the president that controls the foreign policy, and that's why we have things not, uh, not enforced, but things on the books like the Logan Act. On the other hand, I will argue we do have a House Foreign Relations Committee. The House of Representatives does have to pass laws with regard to our foreign relations, with regard to our foreign policy, with regard to defense budget, with regard to embassies, and with regard to who we're going to defend and who we're not, and with regard to all kinds of acts that might involve Taiwan, that might involve Israel, that might involve other allies. So I'm curious where you come down on this, Hugh. Several different places. First, uh, of course, it is historically and culturally correct that the the Chinese culture uh, celebrates fire. They did, after all, come up with the invention of the fireworks that we use to celebrate Fourth of July. Secondly, I don't mind that Nancy Pelosi's out of the country because, (laughs) you know, sending her to Taiwan at the moment that something bad might happen ain't necessarily a bad result. I'm sorry, Nancy, I don't really bid you uh, ill. Well, uh, in any event, but really we've got an arc that includes Russia and China because before Vladimir Putin invaded uh, uh, Ukraine, uh, he and Xi Jinping were in close contact. And I suspect, although it's not yet uh, really clearly stated, that in those early conversations, Xi Jinping was getting ready to think about getting into Taiwan uh, and call Joe Biden's bluff. And I suspect that that's what pushed Vladimir Putin to go into Ukraine first. Kind of test the waters. Well, forget that Xi Jinping might have wanted him to test the waters. I think uh, Vladimir wanted to move before China did so he could prove he's the biggest guy in the room. And uh, that that was actually more ego than it was strategy. And in fact, the Chinese probably are grateful for that test because they found out how uh, zealous the Western regimes might be. Now, we've talked on this show about the fact that I spent a lot of time in those parts of the world, Ukraine, Russia, uh, Kazakhstan. Uh, and interestingly, um, of course, Russia had gone into Kazakhstan immediately south. So Kazakhstan, and I talk about it because it is the perfect example of a bad neighborhood. They've got the the dragon immediately to the east and the bear immediately to the north. And it is that bear-dragon uh, dynamic that's going on that has been testing all of this. So rather than just talk about China, I want to set the table in this way. That's well done. Yeah, go ahead. You've got Joe Biden trained by Barack Obama, aided by Hillary Clinton. 
these folks hit a reset button in 2009 in which Barack wanted to earn his uh, uh, peace prize and demonstrate he knew something about world affairs and told uh, Vladimir Putin and the gang, we want to reset everything and we're going to start over. And they have a reset button and Hillary uh, pushes it with Lavrov uh, in 2009. And the Russians learned exactly the lesson they should have learned, and that is these people are a bunch of wimps, that they are so desperate for our uh, our uh, uh, counsel and help, support, and our good wishes in the world so that Brock can justify his peace prize, that we can try to now bend them over. And ultimately, they did. So immediately following that, Russia started pushing all the various red lines that Barack Obama kept throwing down and did nothing. That is, Barack did nothing about it including that the uh, Russians ultimately sent tanks into Ukraine to quell the uh, revolution that had occurred in Ukraine in uh, February of 2014. So the tanks roll in in the summer of 14, while uh, our dear friend uh, Joe Biden is making speeches in Ukraine that were silly and ridiculous about how important Ukraine is to us and how we're going to protect them. But by the way, it's okay that Crimea has been lost to Russia. Uh, We'll just turn a blind eye to that. And the Russians understood the lesson. Hold that thought on that lesson because it's an important one there was some other things going on at the same time too in our appeasement of russia for example in the first year of the obama administration as part of the reset yanking missile defense out of uh, out of the czech republic in poland put a lot of our erstwhile allies teeth on edge and what did it get us from russia well it get us it got us what rudyard kipling said paying the dengald always gets us we never get rid of the Dane. In other words, we never get rid of the enemy. I'm Seth Leibson. He's Hugh Hallman. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Leibson Show. Hugh Hallman is our guest uh, in the universe, we call it, Tuesday's third hour. Now, Russia and uh, the failed efforts by Barack Obama and Joe Biden, Hillary Clinton and John Kerry to pacify them. Uh, it started in the very first year of the Obama administration, uh, the strength of the excuse me of yes the Obama administration the strength and the measure of the Obama administration was uh, further disseminated uh, when there was an organic uh, really a very rare and organic revolution taking place in Iran in the streets of Tehran and throughout Iran that a lot of people thought had the potential for the first time in 1979 to actually be meaningful in which Barack Obama shut that down and sided with the mullahs and it became very obvious very quickly course, leading up to the red line in Syria, that by the time Barack Obama threatened Assad in Syria with the crossing of the red line, the interesting thing isn't that um, that Assad uh, did cross that red line. The interesting thing is why he thought he could. And he did, because he was right in concluding that he could. Barack Obama's administration meant nothing to our enemies. Joe Biden counseled that throughout. Correct. And that's uh, Joe was trained by Barack and there should be no misunderstanding of that. And world leaders understand that. And his first demonstration of that uh, level of uh, inability was withdrawing from Afghanistan. So he's now eight months into his administration and seven, actually, seven and a half. And he makes a decision to pull out of Afghanistan. Now, he immediately turns around and blames Donald Trump for that decision. He was able somehow to throw aside every Donald Trump policy decision ever made, except that one. 
very similar to Barack Obama not being responsible for the running of the federal government except for pulling the trigger at the moment to shoot Osama bin Laden. It's amazing how these guys can be selective in their choices. But as a result of having said he would stick to that policy and it then failed because they did such a miserable exit, we had complete destruction in our foreign policy and security. Our Western allies all were terrified. Nobody knew about this, including my folks in Kazakhstan and other places who uh, then had to go into overdrive to try to help the U.S. stop terrorists from coming out of Afghanistan and flowing into the rest of the world. That is a serious, real thing that this country's press still has not covered. The U.S. government was funneling money into uh, Uzbekistan, Tajikistan, Kazakhstan, and others to try to secure the border from terrorists now coming out. You gave a nice introduction about this piece earlier in the show, uh, and I would just say that uh, the, the strategy I viewed it was not necessarily correcting Afghanistan. That would take decades and decades and cultural change and education, among other things. It was the flypaper strategy, and I still view it as that, that we had put down flypaper that kept those terrorists and those kinds of folks there. Now we've signaled to the, to the entire world through, Barack, uh, through uh, Joe Biden's inability that we are not only weak and feckless, uh, what, but we're completely uh, disorganized. The Chinese understood that. The Russians understood that. And now Vlad's going to test things. China and Russia are trying to decide who's going to be the big swinging guy. And ultimately, Vlad pulls the trigger first. He actually pulled troops, 2,000 troops, out of Kazakhstan that were in there uh, for three weeks, moved them immediately to the border in uh, at Ukraine. That that signaled to me that Ukraine was in trouble. And those crack troops were the some of the first. Now we're up at words of 41,000 deaths to Russian troops at the hands of the Ukrainians. Uh, and that all occurred, c- has continued, and the Biden administration has done very little. They signaled last summer that the U.S. would not spend treasure or people in defending Ukraine. The great advantage and great result from that is now Western Europe knows we're feckless, and they've now taken on exactly the obligations that Donald Trump was arguing they should take on. Congratulations, Mr. Biden. You actually convinced our uh, our allies who would not spend their time and treasure on their own defense that now Joe Biden is so worthless, they've actually now got to do it. And now you're crowing about the fact that, oh, look, you've gotten the uh, Western allies to spend their money on their own defense. It's not because you convinced them to do so by uh, uh, force or or smart argument. You convinced them because you've now demonstrated we're weak and useless as an ally. But we've de- demonstrated that before. When we let Ukraine hang out when Crimea was invaded, we demonstrated under Barack Obama that we are a terrible ally. And our our friends in that region understood that. That's why Kazakhstan started working with China and Russia in triangulating them exactly like Richard Nixon did to keep them pitted against one another for Kazakhstan's own protection. That's what Nixon did in the uh, 70s was to triangulate those two countries and make them fight one another to keep us safe. Not a bad strategy. Some people criticize it these days for lots of different reasons, but I think it was not a bad way to go when you don't have many cards to play. Well, in this instance, now everybody's learned the lesson that the U.S. is a worthless ally, and China recognizes that with respect to Taiwan. So now we've got to send our, our, our senior warrior, uh, the Speaker of the House, Nancy Pelosi, to Taiwan. Really? That's the best we can do? Uh, we used to send ships and run them through uh, the straits to make sure that China understood what land is ours and what matters. Now we're sending Nancy Pelosi. 
That's frightening to me. Uh, so there's that piece. So, yes, we've got a problem with China and Russia. Uh, we have demonstrated to the world. And the reason I wanted to raise that today is because just last week, it was none other than Joe Biden who said, yes, the economy is faltering and it's the fault of Russia. Russia went into Ukraine. And if they hadn't gone into Ukraine, everything would be great. Let's take it apart in two ways. First, we have general uh, inflation as a result of a terrible economy. And most important, we have a destruction to the oil and gas industry. Russia not shipping uh, oil or gas to our Western allies. Kazakhstan trying to do that, working very diligently to try to move oil and gas uh, through different routes to get it to Western Europe to help save them. They are the country, unlike China, unlike India, our close ally. Kazakhstan has told Vlad to his face, uh, President uh, um, Takayev to his face a month and a half ago, we will not violate the sanctions and we will not be part of violating them secretly. That is Kazakhstan that has the longest border between two nations, between Russia and, and uh, Kazakhstan, sticking a thumb in Vlad's eye. That's guts. We need to have that kind of guts, and we now have somebody in the office who has none of that. I'm Seth Liebson. He's Hugh Holman, earning his keep, earning his pay today. My gosh, thank you for that tour. We'll be back with some more further thoughts. I'm Seth Liebson. He's Hugh Holman. Don't go away. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show. Uh, I'm I'm in trouble if I don't say this. Hugh, would you like to say something further? Before I explode, yes. <laughs> uh, I think the, the big summary is this. Elections have very important consequences to us. The tour I was trying to provide was that Barack, uh, Barack Joe Biden is trying to distance himself from any uh, responsibility for the destruction of the U.S. economy. He points to COVID. Eh, you lose, Joe, because the economy was surging ahead, especially in red states. It's the blue states and their lockdown and the crazy stuff you did to schools that has killed the economy in that regard. Now you want to say it's uh, Russia's fault. Eh, you're the one with Barack Obama who signaled to the world that we're a weak, feckless ally, and Russia, with impunity, went into Ukraine and demonstrated exactly that point, that you are worthless as an and now the Chinese are looking at Taiwan. All of that has unsettled the entire world economy and the U.S. economy in particular. Gas prices. Joe, you're the one who walked into office and immediately shut down the Keystone Pipeline. You shut down drilling on federal lands. You are the reason that our supply of oil and gas in these United States went from putting us as a exporter of those things to now an importer yet again, and spiked oil and gas prices such that you had to go to the Middle East and beg the Saudis to provide more oil and gas as your leftists were all complaining about the fact that you were having to kiss the ring of somebody, or fist bump, somebody who murdered a journalist. Really, Joe? You want to now say it's not your fault? Well, ladies and gentlemen, elections have consequences. The COVID overexpenditures, then followed by the Joe build back better billions of dollars, then followed by Joe's failure to understand the economy generally and what happens to inflation, then failing to signal to the world that we're a strong ally and stop Russia from going into Ukraine and now the Chinese from going into Taiwan and oil and gas prices. Those are the main reasons we have a shrunken economy and they are entirely every single one of them Joe Biden's fault. And so remember that when you think about candidates. Remember that when you go to the polls. Today in Arizona is election day. And we need strong leaders who have backbone and demonstrated history of their principles. For example, my view, the person running for governor who stands for 
conservative principles and has real backbone and has demonstrated it through her entire life is Karen Taylor Robeson. Karen Taylor Robeson has demonstrated a, a fealty with conservative principles and has been able to compromise on some ends, but never compromise her principles. And that's the kind of governor we need. That's the kind of president we need. That's the kind of person we need in every single elective office. So get to the polls today if you haven't done that. It is worth it because the future depends on your action today. Hugh Holman, my gosh, thank you for that tour, tour de force. You are a uh, feat of nature and uh, proved it yet again uh, today. As I said earlier, I'll say it again. Whenever this new legislature gets uh, sworn in, which will be sometime in January, I think the first order of business is creating an office for you. I'm Seth Liebson. Until tomorrow, God bless you all. Class is dismissed. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.